You're listening to Right at the Fork, thankfully. Uh, this is Chris Angelus, and this is the podcast about the Portland food scene. Um, we are happy to have you with us, and if you enjoy this podcast, please share it. And, of course, rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, wherever you're listening to it, or rightatthefork.com. You can also find the podcast at portlandfoodanddrink.com. Go to Topics and also at discoverportland.net. So share it in any number of ways. And, uh, and also, if you have guest ideas, you can certainly post those on Twitter. You can tweet those with hashtag guest ideas at foodpodcastpdx. So that being said, talking about the Portland food scene, we are really honored today to have Emily Crowley with us, who is the director of Feast Portland. Uh, she is the person who runs the day-to-day operation during the festival, does a lot of the planning before the festival, and as she'll tell you, after the festival as well. Uh, Emily works very hard in making sure our premier food festival here in Portland and the Northwest goes like a top, and it does. So we're going to talk to Emily a little bit about how her days go and how she puts it together and uh, what to expect at Feast Portland, September 18th to the 21st, 2014. How many and uh, brothers and sisters? How many? Uh, I have uh, one sister and then a lot of cousins. So the sister is taller. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's great. So you didn't get dressed just to come in here to do this. This is a podcast. What? We're not going to be on television? I'm so disappointed. No, but I'm so, so you have meetings today? You <laughs> yes. You have feast meetings? All the, every day, all day. Yeah. Every day, all day. <laughs> and um, how long has that been going on? Feast meetings? Well, I mean this year. 24-7. We plan all year round. Well, so since January. Mm-hmm. Well, really I mean, since, since, if since I'm September just talking about 23rd. This year, okay, since <laughs> September. It start with that, you have the debriefing mm-hmm. right afterwards mm-hmm. and then... And then the learning and yep. recapping. We have to tell everybody how fabulous we were and uh, get that word out with all the numbers and attendees and things like that and photos. And so. I'm sure, you know, with uh, Carrie and Janny and Mike, that's a very low key thing. Oh, right? so, oh, it's so low key around the offices. No, no stress. No, no yelling. No, nothing. Well, I just meant no, I'm sure I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about in terms of being buttoned up on the numbers and making sure everything is appropriate. Uh, I'm sure it's all right there. That's my job. So hopefully it is. Yeah. It's a little bit. So how do you, uh, does the stress build from September 23rd right through to the next year? Does it, is it now, are we catching you where you're, uh, how much coffee have you had this morning? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not the coffee. It's the, uh, the morning runs that, uh, keep me kind of sane, uh, right about now. But yeah, it is, it is an extremely busy and stressful time right now. Um, but that's what makes it fun. And I'm just, I can't imagine, because I do, you know, you know, my events I are know. very simple. They're, you know, <laughs> no show, event is simple. <laughs> well, I can, compared to yours, you know, I make some arrangements ahead of time. And then the night that it happens, the, the restaurants are in the business of, of hospitality. So I, I have that to fall back on. You don't. You're putting on uh, a pretty, a very incredible event uh, in terms of the number of people who come, the number of people that are involved, the number of people that you're overseeing. Um, 
And the job that you do, I have to say, were you involved in year one, too? You, you weren't uh, involved as... Blood, uh, sweat, and tears in year one. Year yes. one. Okay, you were yes. too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you're responsible for this. It's true to me was truly incredible. Years one and years two, and I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass because you're here. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's I so I've nice, said this Chris. to a lot of people. I just can't imagine doing that and have it. You know, I'm sure you know where the things, some things fell short and could have been better and didn't go well. You know that, but the important thing is that we don't know that. So. Well, thank you. We have an amazing team, and yes, you know from your event uh, event experience, there's always a few hiccups. But as long as uh, as long as nobody else knows, uh, then we've done our job. Yeah. Well, and there's but there's so many there's so many opportunities for hiccups for you. <laughs> no, seriously, there are indeed. Yeah. So um, it's hard to ask the general secrets on how you manage something so large. But what does it take? What did what from your childhood can you point to and your personality that has led you to be able to do this? Wow. Um, I feel like I'm on the like on the couch here with you, Chris, going no. Freudian. Um, yeah. No, it's not Freud. Just, <laughs> oh, just, yeah, I guess we're going back. And, you, and tell me about your tell mother. Tell me about your childhood. Yeah, tell me. Yeah. Well, um, my uh, my secrets of the trade are, are uh, a bevy of highlighters and spreadsheets. Um, that's how I keep myself organized and our team organized. Um, but I did grow up uh, with a really large family here in, in good old-fashioned uh, Portland, Oregon. So any Sunday night supper could easily turn into an event for 30 uh, with just uh, a few phone calls. So um, I've always been really comfortable and really uh, enjoyed events. And so, um, yeah, it kind of does come natural um, to me. Uh, but Feast is, is the biggest event I've ever worked on and been lucky enough to be a part of. And yeah, there's been some learning for sure from from year one to now we're in year three at Feast Portland. Right. And you've had some, you know, you had event experience at Plate and Pitchfork. Yeah. Uh, going, that's now, that was 12 years ago. Yeah. Right? Um, when I moved back to Portland about 10 years ago, uh, the, the kind of farm to table and the food movement was really um, kind of on the cusp of getting really big. Um, folks like Adam Berger at Tabla, John Tabona at Navarre, Leather at Noble Rot, um, Scott Dolich at Park Kitchen were all just starting. Um, and that's when I met the lovely and talented Erica Palmer and we founded Plate and Pitchfork together. And the idea of kind of going out to a farm and having this magical experience was still kind of fresh and new. And, um, you know, I remember our first dinner was out at uh, Lone Elder Farm in Canby, Oregon with Adam from Tabla. And it was really magical. Uh, we set up this great dinner. We had a farm tour. And just as the sun was going down, the farmer was telling this funny story about irrigation and wine glasses were clinking. And I just looked around and I was kind of hooked on events at that point. Um, there's really that magical moment at each event, whether it's a sandwich invitational at feast or a plain pitchfork farm dinner where you look around, the crowd's having fun, your participants are slinging their food and everything's just clicking. So it's that magic that keeps me coming back. Did you have with plain pitchfork? Did you have a template somewhere else that you were able to look at and say, okay, that's what we'll base it on and we'll do this? Or was it something that you just thought we'll do it and then you realized after a couple of years, oh, there are other people doing this too? <laughs> that's a great question. Well, what I always said with Plate and Pitchfork is farm dinners have been happening since there were farms. Uh, right. People gathered out there. And um, I was lucky enough to spend some time over in Italy uh, on a really beautiful estate where every day we'd have a beautiful picnic in the olive grove or uh, set up a, a lunch under the cherry tree. And I really thought, hey, we, you know, we could do that in, in my hometown of Portland. And so when I came back and and uh, Eric and I hooked up and she had great event experience um, we just kind of made it happen and 
we washed dishes in my mom's kitchen. Uh, I hauled goat carcasses off to my local high school's dumpster. Um, we just kind of put it together. And then, yeah, there became a template. Now, as you know, and if you sa- as you've said, uh, Eric has been doing it for 12 years now, and they're super successful. So, um, And there, I tell people all the time, there's something everyone has to do. Uh, oh, if you only do it once... But I, you've got to do it. I, I try to do it once a summer, at least. That's awesome. And um, because it, well, it, it basically encompasses all that's beautiful about Oregon. Couldn't and my more. favorite part, honestly, well, there's a lot that I love about it. But what I really like is driving out to the farms with my windows open and going to a farm I've never been to before. Mm-hmm. Had maybe heard of it, but didn't know where it was. And seeing... The irrigation systems going on and then driving in the farm and then it's just an incredible experience. So I played in Pitchfork, um, something everybody should do. Totally agree. And then so we're in an environment. So I not to bring my thing up again, but four years ago when I started doing Portland Food Adventures, there were not a lot of events there. There really when I. And I hadn't, the reason I asked you that question, because I really wasn't involved. I'd never done events. I just had an idea. Mm-hmm. And then I realized all of a sudden, oh, there are similar things, but they're not doing it the way I do it, which was good, <laughs> thankfully. But um, now we're an event-rich dining experience community. Mm-hmm. And I think the pinnacle of that is Feast. No one does more events in a more concentrated period of time with greater chefs. I mean, it is, you know, and then other events stay away from September because of that. <laughs> but um, how have you, you know, how have you seen it evolve and where do you see this going in the next five years? Where do you see Feast in five years? Wow, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, our first year, I said blood, sweat, and tears, and it really was. Um, Mike Carey, uh, myself, uh, Jillian Porton, our associate producer, and our whole first-year team uh, really just put everything into that festival. I remember at the end of the festival, as we were pulling down the last tent from Director Park, I just kind of looked around and was like, holy crap, we did it. And uh, it really... Is it really holy crap? It, well, you know, I, I'm not sure what our, what our you know, are we PG-13 you or... You want <laughs> no, no, I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine pulling all that down and going, holy crap. <laughs> this is bananas. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it... it uh, yes, I, I may have very well said holy shit. Uh, and it was, it was really great. Um, year two, uh, Carrie kind of dubbed that year the if it ain't broke, don't fix it year. Um, and we really kind of refined our systems and refined uh, every event to make sure that it went off as as well as it did in the first year. Third year, um, I I got to dub the third year. I'm not sure how I got that honor, but I've dubbed it, dubbed it the uh, bedazzle year. So we're really kind of adding um, some some new elements to the festival. We added the new event, uh, Tillamook Brunch Village, happening on Sunday, which we're very excited about. And so is the rest of Portland. Tickets are selling like hotcakes, literally hotcakes. Um, and then we've also moved Tillamook cheese hotcakes. Right. <laughs> just so just so you know, I go back to my. Uh, Family life and sex education class. I just have to mention this. Eighth grade, we learned to make cheddar cheese pancakes. That was the first thing I ever really cooked myself. And I was so proud of it. And I still make cheddar cheese pancakes with Tillamook cheese. Sounds like I'm coming over for dinner after September 21st. Absolutely. Well, yeah, if you want that to be dinner, not breakfast, whatever whatever your pleasure. Uh, Pancakes are easy. That's one thing I can can tackle. (laughs) You got it. Um, But you asked me where Feast will be in five years. Um, I, I... 
I'm so proud that when we go around the country, um, I've had the pleasure of going to the Charleston Food and Wine Festival and and visiting New York and stuff um, on Business for Feast. And when I run into folks, um, I was sitting at uh, at Fig Restaurant in Charleston, and we happened to be seated at the same table as some chefs from Hog and Hominy in Memphis, Tennessee. And we were talking and talking, and pretty soon they asked what we did. And I said, oh, well, you know, I happen to work for Feast Portland. And they were like, Feast Portland, that's the best food festival in the country. And hearing that in Charleston, North Carolina, um, feels pretty incredible. And so I think that um, to have that reputation and to keep building on that reputation over the next five years, where chefs, artisans, wineries, breweries are so excited to come to feast from all different parts of the of the nation and of the world um, would be a great, great feeling to have again in five I, years. I think it's fantastic that Portland has that stature. And it's funny that you say that because uh, I had the experience of being in Hilton Head, South Carolina, mm-hmm. and I was in a restaurant called Dye's Gullah Kitchen. And she did the recipes from her slave grandparents uh, there. And she asked me where I was from. And I said, this was f- six years ago, five or six, Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And um, she, her eyes lit up and she said, oh, my God, that's, that is the most incredible food city. <laughs> and I'm thinking, how does she know that? And this is five or six years ago, too. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, Portland's really, uh, it's not only the New York Times. Uh, everybody knows about about us out here. Absolutely. We're like celebrities when we travel around town. If you're from Portland, it's great. Um, So what are some of the other festivals elsewhere that are pretty cool that you would recommend if someone likes to travel and they're a food festival person where where should they go that's a great question um i i i will bring up charleston again because it was it's my most recent experience and fresh in my head um the charleston food and wine festival is a great festival we have a lot of and it's um, a beautiful city and so beautiful just right. the historic nature of it um I, I i got a little bit venue envy when i could see all their historic plantations and stuff out there um not that i want any plantations in oregon but uh, they were sure beautiful to be in an event at. Um, but we share a lot of uh, really great chefs with them. Um, and it was fun to see our chefs at a different festival. Um, in fact, we actually met um, Michael Shemtoff from Butcher and Bee at Charleston, and now he's coming to Brunch Village. Um, so it was really fun to see that city come to life. They also do a really great job on showcasing the local talent, but then bringing in national talent to kind of complement that. So that was a really fun festival and a great food town. Um, we ate at Husk. We ate at Fig. We ate at uh, so many delicious places out there, and it was really, really super fun. Um, we're also good friends with, on the totally other end of the food festival scale, uh, the folks that do the New York Food and Wine Festival and South Beach uh, Food and Wine Festival. Um, we're lucky to have them as, as colleagues, um, although what they do is on a totally different scale than what we do. But if you're looking for kind of the spring break of food festivals, the South Beach Food and Wine Festival is pretty darn fun. And what time of year is that? February, so it's perfect. <laughs> really, it's in. Oh, so obviously it's inside, indoors. Actually, the whole thing. it's in South Beach, Miami, so it's out on the beach. Oh, I thought. I'm sorry. No, no problem. You mentioned New York and South Beach, so I was. Uh, yeah, no. So that'd be the perfect one. Absolutely. Um. Uh. So, do you find that a lot of the chefs are tracking you down, or do you aggressively go out? Do you have a tar- Do you have a list <laughs> and go out and say we're going to go get these chefs? 
Uh, it's a little bit of both. We, again, I feel really lucky that uh, folks, our reputation has has really uh, grown over the past three years. That's thanks a lot in part to our amazing associate producer, Jillian Porton, who makes the chef experience really flawless at Feast Portland. Um, and so we've had it kind of come both ways. We've had chefs, um, actually, Hamaro Cantu, who's doing our state-of-the-art dinner, um, reached out to us, which that was a pretty big coup to have him know about little old Feast Portland. Uh, but some folks, we definitely have to to track down and 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 uh, Jillian does a great job of hounding them to get their answers. Uh, so it's really kind of a little bit of both. I would imagine in doing what you're doing, there's there's got to be what did we leave out? How do you cover what did we leave out? <laughs> so I mean, because you're you, you're handling everything you have to handle, but then there's this whole list of what what could we have done or what what did we miss? Uh, you do, it's a great festival, but I, I'm just curious about that sure. because you need people to do that, to Absolutely. figure that out. Well, um, you know, we we recap, as as you, as I said, you know, the day the day the festival ends is the day we start planning for the next year. And so we recap really heavily with everybody that participates in the festival, everybody from our security team to the people who are uh, running our tasting panels. And I think uh, this year, one of the things that we really focused on are the tasting panels uh, and our hands-on classes. Um, those we kind of call our secondary events because they're mm-hmm. smaller than our large marquee events. Events, and we really wanted to make those really kind of engaging and fun. So our classes this year, if you notice, are really kind of fun and hands-on. We have Jamie Curl doing Candy is Magic, which Jamie Curl is magic, so that class is sold out and it's mm-hmm. going to be awesome. We've got Russ from Atlas Soda Works doing a so- artisanal soda class, which I really want to go to because I'm addicted to my soda stream. Will you have time to do that? Um, Will you be, are you able to go and <laughs> enjoy anything? Or you've already or they sound they're little bites. Uh, they're Two minutes here, two minutes there. It is. Um, I I enjoy the festival um, in my very own way, but I survive on um, on Luna bars and uh, maybe some fries from Elephants in the Park there in Director Park throughout the weekend. That's it. The whole feast Portland, <laughs> and you're getting fries from elephants. <laughs> it's it is it is the sad truth of my job, but I enjoy it in other ways. Um, do you? Uh, how do you go about getting feedback from customers from the the attend? What do you call attendees? Attendees, yeah, that's a great question. Um, we actually do survey them. We send out a, a detailed twenty question survey to all of our guests, uh, asking them, you know, what they thought of everything from the food to the organization, and um, we have really positive response, which I'm super proud of. Um, it's funny. Uh, one of the things we get a lot is we need more places to kind of perch so we could eat, and I always thought like. Like, if I can run around with a fanny pack and a radio in my hand and my cell phone, like, you can figure out how to eat food and drink wine at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went as a guest uh, to another festival and was enjoying myself, I was like, gosh, it sure would be nice to have a place to perch and sit down. So um, I agree. we are adding more seating this year. So I, there I you cannot, go. Live I, and learn. I personally cannot manage a glass and, and, a, <laughs> and a, um, a plate. And my shirt at the same time. It's I impossible. Hear I hear you. I, I learned that lesson myself as well. So there will be more more places to perch at Feast Portland this year. And I was happy to see a couple of years ago Jeffrey Steingarten, who was at the Sandwich Invitational. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched a, 
a lot of uh, Food Network shows, and he wasn't managing it very well either. He had a, a plaid shirt that had so much stuff. I wanted to go get him a bib, but he forgot he wasn't on TV and uh, didn't have someone to do that for him, I guess. Well, it's my job to get him a bib, so. Oh, well, then I'll, I'll text you next time. Perfect. Bib needed in uh, Director's Park. We need all the help we can get. You're part of the team, too, Chris. So without, um, without naming names, going back to... Plate and Pitchfork and maybe Feast. Mm -hmm. Some of the crazy nightmare, let's talk about maybe requests from customers and then some of the uh, things that chefs have put on you to deal with. (laughs) That's a fun one. Um, You know, we are so lucky in Portland. Everybody here uh, is so lovely to work with. And and I'm not just blowing smoke up Portland's ass. Um, I I really think that um, the thing that's so great is that all of the chefs that we work with have put their heart and soul into a restaurant. They're they're chef owners. Um, Same with the winemakers and the brewers. They they are. They're the brewer. They're the owner. They're the accountant. And they work so hard. And and they know that we're working hard to make an event for them. So it's just been really great working with everybody. That being said, I think like the crazy thing that happens uh, and that the requests we get have to do about weather. People really are like, you know, do you know how hot it's going to be? Do you know if it's going to rain? I'm like, guys, if I knew that, I wouldn't have to be in the event business. I'd be a gazillionaire. So, you know, that that's uh, the request that we get a lot from people about, like, how, how are you going to deal with things if it's too hot or if it's too cold? I was like, well, you know, Goldilocks, we'll figure it out. Well, so. and you had some good, <laughs> you you went through, you know, some great experience doing that with Plate and Pitchfork mm-hmm. because that is tough. You know, I've I know Erica pretty well, and she's got days when at you know the event starts at five, and at ten or eleven, she's got to make a call: Are we eating under tents, or yep. we're going to go with this? Yep. And and then it can get kind of muddy out there too. Yep. Thankfully, it doesn't get muddy here. Well, at Feast, uh, we have we, we, we always have a, a backup weather plan and things like that. But yes, that's the one thing as as the you know the great uh, rappers outcast say, you can plan a pretty pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather. Um, so we do our best to have plans for the weather. Um, and fingers crossed, we'll have a beautiful uh, weekend in September this year. Well, you got the I'll tell you the. Um got a pretty good bet September in Portland is a good, is a good time. It is my favorite month. But you're getting right towards the end of I had a friend come out the week after feast last year and we mm-hmm. went out to the coast and it was crazy mm-hmm. storm mm-hmm. there were crazy storms out there. I don't know exactly now, but it wasn't beautiful weather here. It wasn't the beautiful week the weekend after, you're the right. But the after. week of feast it is incredibly beautiful and I think um you know the thing that we take for granted here is that it's that perfect harvest time as well. One of my favorite moments at feast last year is I was setting up uh the Winmer Brothers Sandwich Invitational there in Director Park and I saw Chris Costantino, Vitaly Paley, Ben Bettinger and Ben Jacobson walking with these huge armfuls of produce from the farmer's market over to Imperial. And I was like, this is the perfect feast moment here. Two Mm. chefs coming together, an artisan. They just went to the farmer's market and got this beautiful Oregon bounty. And now they're going off to prepare it for their dinner tonight. Magic. Well, and did you get a shot? Is there a picture of that? Uh, that I think I had my hands full with that radio and that fanny pack. Well, the radio should be calling photographer. (laughs) Um, But that's a beautiful moment for you to catch, too. Absolutely. You're obviously a very low-energy person. So um, (laughs) you... Are you pretty much, what kind of hours are you working right now? We're, we're about a month ahead before mm-hmm. the, the festival. 
Well, uh, last night, uh, one of my one of my biggest agonies of feast is 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 uh, the floor plans for every event. And so last night, I was up until about one o'clock in the morning, uh, looking at the floor plan for the Oregon Bounty Grand Tasting and trying to decide: Would Red Duck Ketchup be better next to Omission Brewery or Hopworks Brewery? And should I put Jacobson Salt Company next to Division Wine Company or Anime? Oh, but if I put Ben and Tom Monroe together, they'll just man hug the entire time. So you know, it really is. You- you heard it here seven. first, man hugs. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't come out of my mouth. <laughs> now, so, the, and you're doing that yourself, or are you doing that as a team? At some point, maybe you're doing it yourself, and then you hit a, you hit the wall with, okay, I got a man hug problem here. It, who right? Do, yeah, who am I going to deal with to deal with this man hug problem? Um, you know, we have an amazing army of, of people that work on Feast. We have how many? Event. How many people? Um, well, we and how many are paid and how many are volunteer? That's a great question. Uh, we have uh, we have five people on our staff. Um, that includes Mike and Carrie, uh, and then our associate producer and our project manager, as well as myself. Um, and then we hire uh, different folks, uh, event professionals, to do to run the events um, night of because uh, both myself and Mike and Carrie can't be in more than one place at uh, one time. Haven't figured that out yet. Uh, and then we have an army. Carrie's going to be in two places at one time. <laughs> No. <laughs> that's an exciting addition to Feast Portland this year. Yeah, well, yes, that's a, that's an addition for you yeah. in terms of mm-hmm. uh, she's not going to be, be able to be very active this year at the event. With, with a new baby, uh, part, uh, welcoming to the Feast Portland family in August, uh, yeah, it'll be a little bit different year for Carrie. But uh, speaking of people that are not uh, low energy, uh, Carrie's a superwoman, so mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll see plenty of her and their well, new little true. baby. that's true. I'm thinking of through my filter, but... <laughs> She'll be there uh-huh. with bells on and more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but we have an amazing team, and that includes uh, over 300 volunteers as well that are super excited to be there and welcoming uh, people with open arms. And so. the volunteers aren't involved. They are involved at the event only. Yep. You're not really, people aren't volunteering at this stage of the game. Not too many. We have a, we have an intern uh, here or there, but yeah, most of our volunteers have job descriptions like the Feast Friendly Faces team or mm-hmm. the uh, Tasting Panel Triage team and things like that. So they're mostly working on site uh, during the weekend. So what do you look forward to least in this whole process? <laughs> you know, you're going to, so this year after after it's over, September, you know, September, what are the actual dates? September 18th to the 21st. 18th to the 21st. Mm-hmm. So on September 22nd, mm-hmm. I guess you're not going to be thinking, what do I dread? But what is it that you, that's the least amount of fun to do? Wow. Um, uh, well, actually, I would I would say permitting. However, we live in the city of Portland, and the city of Portland, I will say, is a dream to work with. Uh, they really try to work with us as a festival, and uh, the city is is a great host for um, for the festival. Throughout so, are the they event. expediting things for you because they real they understand the importance of the this. To tourism. Are you asking me if I'm bribing the city of Portland, Chris? No, but you're welcome to volunteer that. I, no, I just, I just, I know that we're. It's a very permit happy state, and and uh, so you've got to get things done. You can't wait for for that. No, I was. I, all right, I'll ask you. No. Uh, but but I'm I'm just curious as to whether they go really go out of their way over and above they were. 
over above that which they would do for others? Um, I don't think we get any special favors. In fact, I know we don't. But they, the city of Portland just works very hard to make sure that our events are successful. And we're lucky enough also to have wonderful partners in Travel Oregon, our title sponsor of the festival, and Travel Portland as well. So um, we have some pretty great advocates uh, on our side. So we're, we're really lucky to have those folks. Do you have any numbers as to... Um how many people are coming to Portland because Oregon because of feast and the economic impact? We are we, we do have some of those numbers. Uh, we are looking at about uh, out of all the folks that come into town, we're sixty percent in state and forty percent out of state, which we're super proud That's of. That's a great ratio. Yeah, That's, it's it's great. It's a big state, so to get here from somewhere else isn't just exactly. It's not like the East Coast where they. Well, and the cool thing is, is is again when we're traveling around for for work, what we'll do, you'll meet people and they'll say, "Oh, I've always wanted to come to Portland. I have a cousin there or a college roommate or whatnot," and and now I have a reason. So a lot of people are. Planning that kind of like long desired trip to Portland, Oregon, and to beyond Oregon uh, around Feast. So it's awesome. And then folks go out and explore different parts of Oregon, like wine country and central Oregon and the coast. So um, I think it's a really great reason to come and then go explore and eat all the delicious things that Oregon has to offer. Well, the uh, the folks from the Northeast don't necessarily, this, this is not the main, and maybe Travel Oregon and Travel Portland would dispute this, but my friends in the East Coast often say what you just said. I've never been to Oregon. I'd love to go to the Northwest. I've never been. Yep. And then they'll plan their trip to San Francisco. Well, now uh, they so. should plan their trip to Feast Portland during I, September I 18th so and 21st. So Tickets are still available, still, I was going to say, <laughs> so can you, um, how far, how, how sh- what kind of notice can people uh, work with in order to be able to enjoy Feast and not just get the, some? I, I won't call them, uh, and be able to get to the main events. Sure. Let's put it that way. Sure. Uh, well, uh, we have the package, which is an awesome way to just do it all, which I think is really fun because then you don't have to pick and choose, which can sometimes be the hardest thing about Feast. And that gets you into the Sandwich Invitational, the Night Market, High Comfort, the Grand Tasting, and Brunch Village. So that's a really fun way to explore everything and kind of get your whole fill of the festival. And there are still packages available. But I think the best thing about Feast is we'd offer everything a la carte. So you can go to that, you know, candy is magic class. You can go to the sandwich invitational and then you can go to brunch village and kind of like pick and choose your own adventure depending on what your interests are, which is what a lot of people do. Yeah. And there are a lot of different things you do. My favorite, I, there are a few favorites I have, but night market, I think is really cool. That's, um, I've enjoyed that. And it's a beautiful Portland night mm-hmm. out there and mm-hmm. it looks beautiful and the music is great. Thank you. It's pretty cool. So, what are you juggling? I want to keep. I want to get back to you, mm-hmm. family. What are you? What are you juggling <laughs> while you're doing this? Uh, well, uh, yes, I, I I have a lovely husband who uh, happens to be a winemaker, so he understands when it's go time uh, that uh, that I'm a little bit unavailable during uh, during the months of August and September. Are you just are you showcasing his wine? Uh, Crowley wines. Uh, we 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 have showcased his, uh, Tyson's wines at Feast before, uh, but this year we are not. We're giving him the year off. He's got to focus. On that winemaking. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but really, what I'm juggling. And no kids. kids? No, I, I, we have a very lovely dog uh, who, who I who take a lot of stre- takes a lot of stress off me. We throw Absolutely. the ball and, and run every day. What kind of dog do you have? Border Collie Lab. She's also the feast receptionist. So if you come to our office, she will greet you um, uh, when you come. Oh, so. fantastic! Yeah. Just so if you're having a bad day, you go to the, the feast office. Come on in for some pet therapy, and we usually have some Windmere Brothers beers laying around as well. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> cool. So, um, 
where do you see? I don't. I may have asked this, but five years from now, down mm-hmm. the road, do you see this being? I mean, of course, you're going to say you see it being bigger, mm-hmm. but I mean, I see this as you have you have the um, privilege of having the fest the premier food festival in the what I think is the premier food city. And I say that because, yes, New York and San Francisco, they're great food cities, Chicago, but I think uh, on a per capita basis, there's no better food city than Portland, Oregon. And I don't think you grew up here, and I've asked a lot of guests sitting in that chair uh, who come from Portland, I don't necessarily know that they can appreciate what's what's here if you haven't spent a lot of time somewhere else. Um because this is, to me, it's food Disneyland. <laughs> you have this structure of incredible chefs, their support staffs, their sous, front of the house, back of the house. And then you add to all of that, you can't get through that in a few years. You can't figure it out. And then there are food carts. There are all these other people incubating these skills and talents and fantastic food. Right. So that being said, I mean, I'd like to see this up there with New York one day as, okay, New York is, you know, that's a great food city, but this is Portland and this is where it should be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you see that? I, I'm sure you're working towards that. There's nothing in your mission statement that isn't right? there. But. You know, the word the word bigger is is kind of a kind of a scary word because I think we always want to uh, maintain the focus on on really good food and wine and beer and artisans and things. Um, so while we're certainly grow, um, I think what I see ourselves growing more on is just kind of extending our, our web of, of chefs that we work with from out of town, of wineries we're working with, breweries, um, but also, you know, keeping the focus on everything delicious here. Um, I love the model that that uh, the International Pinot Noir Celebration has where, you know, there's a focus on the amazing wines that are being produced here and then all those wineries are reaching out to their friends in France and New Zealand and California to bring really the best of Pinot Noir here. So that's what I see Feast doing as well is we will still we will always have our amazing chefs as the spotlight here. The Vitali Paley's, the John Gorham's, the John Tabotas of, of Portland will be the stars. Um, but they'll be reaching out to their friends like Gabrielle at Prune in New York, mm-hmm. like Chris Cosentino down in San Francisco um, to keep bringing kind of more more folks from different parts of the nation and even the world um, here to Portland, Oregon to experience the, the bounty of our state. Is that a key resource for you or the chefs? Do you go to them and say, hey, who should we have here? Who can you who's fantastic that you can get here? We've certainly had some of those conversations and and, you know, Portland chefs are gaining more notoriety, too. We just saw um um, you know, the Food and Wine uh, Best New Chefs uh, with Ga- with Greg and Gabby Denton. They made friends with Matt McAllister at FT33, who's coming to Feast now, uh, and Ari Tamor from Alma. So the chefs definitely from Portland, I think, are, are being helped by Feast to be put more in the national spotlight. And then once they're in the national spotlight, you know, Greg and Gabby Denton are pretty, pretty friendly people, so they make friends real fast. Yeah, now a lot of people, a lot of people respect and love them. Yeah. What do you think about, uh, all of a sudden, everybody's appearing on night fights and, <laughs> and you know we've had uh, and I know that uh, Food Network was in here mm-hmm. scouting for Chopped mm-hmm. um, I think it's kind of an interesting situation because we're not a commercialized city there are probably mm-hmm. you know they have to you have to skirt the balance between PR and uh, being genuine to what you do so I would imagine some don't want to go on there and cook a crazy dish because that's not what they're all about I, I mean I know like John Gorham will tell you fuck this <laughs> and uh, but 
They do it. So what? And I'm sure that's helping Feast too. It doesn't hurt to have Greg and Gabby on knife fight. And uh, what do you think about that? Absolutely. Well, I think that uh, our Portland, Portland chefs can uh, go up head to head against the best of them and and really kick some ass, as we've seen on some of those shows. Um, I, Carrie, Carrie Welch is going to kill me. I'm I'm a bit of a a bit of a neophyte. I'm one of those Portlanders that doesn't have television. I know. I'm not saying it's a badge of honor, but I don't. And so um, I need it all. I, you're not. You're. I have Netflix. I mean, of course, as, I watch some television. I'm a huge Mad Men fan and things, but I don't have cable. And uh, and so I rely on on the uh, the young women of Feast Portland, like Frances Dyer, our social media expert, uh, to tell me what's happening in the food world on cable on cable television. So that's how I kind of uh, see what's going on there. And I'm super proud of folks like Greg, uh, Greg Gorday and Adam and Sappington and things like that who have been putting themselves out there. It's 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 great for Portland. And, um, you know, the 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 draw of television. I get it. I think it's super fun for them. Well, I think, it. Uh, you know, no matter what you think of it, it draws attention. Absolutely. It's a great PR tool. And I can't see you with all you've got going and all your energy. I can't see you with your feet up with the cable remote <laughs> anyway. So you may as well not have it. <laughs> But uh, hopefully you get to take a little time and get around. So some of the places in Portland lately, because, mm-hmm. you know, there's long term, but lately, yeah. any places that you're hanging out that you really enjoy? Absolutely. That you would tell? I, I bet you get a lot of people coming in for Feast Press saying, where should we go to eat? Oh, yeah. I have my I have my own little like cheat sheet that I just kind of cut and paste into an email because I get that question a lot. Um, you know. I, I do have a, have a place in my heart for some of those regulars like Park Kitchen and Noble Rot and Navarre and Tabla that have been doing it well for 10 to 12 years now. Um, but I have to say the place that I've just been impressed with consistently over the past year is Bar Avignon. I think that Eric Joppe is just consistently over delivers with his food and is so delicious. And of course, Patrick and, and Randy and Nancy are just best in the biz. So mm-hmm. that's one of the places that uh, I don't care who you are, I'll send you to Bar Avignon and I, and I know you'll have a really amazing delicious time and eric's going to be at the sandwich invitational this year which we're super excited about who else is who else is going to be at the sandwich invitational well, the Sandwich Invitational lineup is is pretty stellar. Um, we've got Hugh Aitchison coming from Empire State South, also of unibrow fame. Uh, we have got Chris Cosentino coming as well. Um, I mentioned uh, Matt McAllister from FT33 is coming. Locally, uh, Eric Joppe will be there as well as uh, Rick from Lardo. The Sandwich Invitational is is pretty stacked this year, um, so we're really excited about that. So what? how does someone in Portland... Because I remember Rick sitting in his food cart a couple of years ago, and I said, "Are you at feast?" And he said, "No." And so, um, and I think he kind of felt like he wanted to be in. And <laughs> thankfully, you mentioned him, and he's in year three, and he should be because now, of course, he should Absolutely. be. Absolutely. So, uh, but how does someone in Portland go about saying, "Hey, I'd like mm-hmm. to take part in feast"? Uh, anybody? Yeah. And, and are you ever going to do a food cart deal? a great question. Um, we'll see about food carts. I think food carts, what we, we view food carts as, as just another type of restaurant. Uh, we've worked with, you know, we've worked with Nong's, we've worked with Lardo now and stuff too. So um, we don't, we don't kind of have a food cart category. Um, but we have a, we have a pretty rigorous process. Um, we've got a programming committee that uh, we all work on at Feast. And so if you're an artisan, a winery, a brewery or distillery, there's a application process and that you send us your wares and the programming committee uh 
taste everything. Real tough job that programming committee has. Uh, and we kind of evaluate and based on uh, deliciousness, kind of where you're from, where you're at in your business, uh, we kind of decide who's going to be a part of the festival. And we try to rotate folks out in and out every year so that everybody gets a chance and so that our guests get to taste different things. And as far as chefs go, uh, you know, we're looking for 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 some of the old guard, the new guard, what's what's the what's the latest, coolest thing, but also who's just been doing it well for, you know, 10, 15 years. So it's really um, we really try to make sure that it's a it's a great mix of known and unknown. And I think we've been successful at that so far. I think you have too. You. What is your day like today? After you leave here, what are you doing today? Well, uh, <laughs> my my day started with a conference call with uh, KitchenAid, who's our main stage demo sponsor. We've got an awesome demo lineup uh, at the Oregon Bounty Grand Tasting this year with folks like Naomi Pomeroy and Jen Lewis. So I was talking to KitchenAid. They really want to showcase their new uh, uh, juice juicer on stage. So mm-hmm. now, now it's my job to figure that out. Um, and then uh, later this afternoon, I have a conference call with one of our DJs where I'm going to tell him what kind of music I'm looking for at the Champagne Room at high comfort. So it really varies uh, from day to day. There's there's really just kind of a lot right now that has to happen. And uh, I look forward to making it happen in September. It sounds like a lot of it is you yourself and you're bringing people in when you need it. But day to day, you're, this is, this is a, I'm not saying you're doing it all alone, <laughs> but I'm, it's, there are a lot of big team meetings. Uh, oh, you know, so it's, we, yeah, it, we have a lot of meetings and things like that. Right now, I think what we're so we're getting so close that uh, we're lucky enough to have such a talented team. As I mentioned, Jillian Porton works with the chefs. Mike's, uh, you know, working. Actually, Mike's starting to think about next year already. Carrie's working with the media. Our social media person is has her plans. We all kind of know what we're doing and we're getting it done right now. So we all come together for big meetings. But there is a lot. It's go time. So how everybody's off, how heads often down. do you guys meet to say okay? We're, Status reports. What's going on? <laughs> uh, pretty much daily, okay, uh, and and those can be check ins as as uh, as informal as looking over your shoulder and high fiving over something great, or having a big uh, meeting at the conference table. Cool. Well, I'm uh, sure you're going to have a lot of high fives this year. <laughs> well, thank you. I know you have a busy day because you just told us, so I'm <laughs> that much more appreciative of your coming in. And we really wanted to talk to you because you're really ground zero for uh, for a feast. There are a lot of people who uh, are responsible for it, but you're you're the one who's really running. You're the general. Are you? The, I'm the general of the an general amazing the, army. Because Carrie's the yeah, Carrie and Mike too. But uh, you're there. You know, I've actually been there, and they're holding a glass of wine, enjoying themselves. <laughs> I've never seen you do that. So. Well, it's a it's a great team, and if I'm doing my job right, uh, Carrie should be talking to you know the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, and Mike should be talking to future sponsors. Uh, and, uh, and no doubt they else do that well. Happening. I'm not trying to diminish what they do at all. I'm just saying that I've never seen you. I actually haven't seen you at feast. <laughs> I'm the one running around with a fanny pack. Chris. Exactly. I'll well, we'll see look you there. for you. We'll look for you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you so much.